Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we hear exclusively from Saudi international winner Graham McDowell and discuss the newly proposed Premier Golf League. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I'm joined today by two people. How lucky. Uh, Elliot Heath and Nick Bonfield, who both did such a good job in my absence the last fortnight that we've invited them both back on again. How are you doing, guys? Very well, thanks. How are you? You don't look too knackered. I am. Honestly, expected you to be. I have been drinking an awful lot of coffee. So, uh, hey, but, Tom, great to see you back. Uh, we missed you on the podcast. Yeah, you're the, Stop sucking up, Elliot. You're the real host. I just stepped in. <laughs> Indeed. Don't I you? Think you did a fabulous job, Elliot. Okay, Nick. So, yes, I am back after uh, paternity leave and welcomed into the world my new daughter so now I have two kids to look after which is interesting what's that been like it's been yeah interesting as I said I've drink, been drinking a lot of coffee and it's been good how much sleep are you averaging a night not, not a huge amount um, I don't usually sleep that much anyway the best thing about it do you know what the best thing about it was? watching loads of sport whilst Abs- sleeping. you would not believe how much sport I've watched over the last fortnight or so and all, two test matches on and a load of good golf as well so yeah, it's uh, almost as if you timed it <laughs> well yeah I didn't, but it, it, it worked out well. So, um, yeah, as I said, there's been a lot of golf going on. Has there anyone here been playing golf? Elliot, have you played any golf? No, I haven't played. When was the last time you played golf? Probably two weeks ago. To, well, and what happened then? I missed this. It was a competition and, uh, yeah, had a bit of a meltdown. Good. He was I, complaining about hitting his ball into a bush when he was like 50 yards right up the fairway. <laughs> Apparently it was still unlucky though. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds. Yeah, sounds like. Said. So you, yeah. So not, not too much golf. No, I, I think this could be my best golf year yet. I think mentally I'm in the right place. Hang on a minute. This sounds almost positive. Yeah, I'm forgetting all the technical stuff. I'm not going down the range. I think I've matured now, a bit like Roy McIlroy, and you know I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to. Last week he compared himself to Leishman. This week it's McIlroy. Quite well. Eddie Hypes. Well, uh, I'm glad you're being positive because um, you need to be positive. Uh, Look forward to hearing that audio in a year's time. Yeah, and exactly. we'll, 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 yeah, we'll play that back on a loop when he's moaning. Well, I've, I've, I'll tell you, this, the listeners. Uh, I don't think I've told you this before. I've never shot under par in my life, and that's been my goal for the last two years. How many times have you shot level par? Probably four or five yeah, times. And you've, you've choked. And a on... few of those have bogeyed the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think this is going to be the year where I finally go, go low. Should, should, maybe we could do that as a challenge. Now, I'm from where I live in uh, deepest, darkest Essex, there's some really good opportunity courses around there to, to break par. Maybe we should break, do that as a um, yeah, do that as a challenge. Only an easy course. Or well, a that's point the... where I play, where it's basically impossible to lose a golf ball. You might get on well there. Yeah. Although you still can't hit the ball out your shadow, which might be an issue. Well, I can. well, coming from you, Nick, that's interesting. No um, golf for you, Nick. Not since December. No, I'm I'm looking into it at the moment. I think I'll start playing again relatively soon. It's just a little bit cold, windy, and wet. It is a bit, yeah. It is a bit wet and windy, isn't it? Uh, actually, it's very windy. Actually, last on Sunday, I went in the cable car from uh, the O2 over the river, and uh, what, it were, you were at home looking after the new boy. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was out looking after the the three year old, trying to get the uh, get get mum to get some sleep. So yeah, we went in the cable car and it was a bit windy. You're not very good with heights, are you, Elliot? No, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. I used to be a dodgy flyer, but <laughs> yeah. I think you, my, I uh, think you would have, you would have been travelling. You might have needed a spare pair of underpants after that, I tell you. So <laughs> that was good fun. Anyway, let's talk about some golf, eh? So what have I missed? 
there's been a few winners. I think it's over the past two weeks, it feels like we've time travelled back about a decade ago to something like 2010 because in the past couple of weeks we've had Lee Westwood win and now, from nowhere, Graham McDowell, where he uh, won his 11th European Tour title at the Saudi International. And he beat defending champion. Was it any good the person he beat? Oh, he beat Dustin Johnson by two shots. And GMAC's now back inside the world's top 50. What else going on here? It's quite strange, actually. You would never have thought Graham McDowell would win, perhaps on the European Tour again. He did win on the PJ Tour last year, though. Yep. Uh, and he just looks back to his old self, hitting it down there, 280 or 290, putting really, really good. And, you know, just. I cannot G-Mac believe you just did a GMAC impression. It's, it was absolutely textbook Graham McDowell victory when you look at the stats. You know, fifth in putting. 14th in strokes gained tee to green, 16th strokes gained around Do you know what, Joe Nick? Joe Nick, I've missed you from the podcast and your incessant stat lists. That is a textbook GMAC victory, though. He's great at putting, obviously. He's a very gritty competitor when he gets in and around the lead. And he's a person who gets as much out of his game as anyone else. GMAC, when, when you got to look back to when he, was, when he won his major and when he was in all those Ryder Cups, that was it. He just... He was so consistent. You say, what was his best part of his game? You say, it's all good. His all-round game's good. Obviously, very good short game. And just solid. And how many top tens he used to have around those years mm. were great. And it's brilliant that he's doing well. He's not that old still. He's, well, he's 40, 40, isn't he? Yeah, yeah so he, he yeah. could still have... You know, Maybe he's just had a couple of you know, bad years. Or, you know, not bad years, but just not as quite good years. And I mean, he's, he's got young children as well, you know. You, exactly. You, you yourself that was know how difficult that is. I know, I don't think, I don't think, my, uh, I don't think my golf's ever going to be quite the no. same since before, children. But we're actually going to hear now from GMAT, where we actually re- we actually had an interview with him just a couple of weeks ago, where one of our writers, Michael Weston, where did he interview him? At D- Dubai, in Dubai? Classic, in, the, yeah. in Dubai. And he chatted about loads of great stuff about, you know, why he's had a couple of poor years. And he did talk about being uh, a dad for the first time, but also some really interesting comments at the end of this audio. So make sure you listen to all of it about his future plans. So here's Graham McDowell. I know you won last year. In was it Dominican? You, you yeah, won? Dominican. Yeah. How's the game? Because I know it's interesting what you said at, uh, at the Sony. I think it was that, um, or after Hawaii, that you know, you know you're not going to be out here forever. I know you're only forty, but um, yeah. I mean, I think that's more just the philosophy of, yeah. of my of my attitude. Really, is just like yeah. I think I think the older you get and the longer you've been out here, the you got a you know you start appreciating it more. I think when you're in your mid twenties, thirty. You've got that kind of invincible bulletproof feeling where it's, you think it's going to go on forever, you know. But it's uh, then you have a few lean seasons, and then you realise that you know you shouldn't take playing good for granted, you know. And, and you know, it was just that Drew, Drew, the Drew Brees quote. I think I had said, you know, where he said that he's trying to treat every season like his last. Work as hard as he, you know. It's more just about what that means, and it's the attitude of or work as hard as you can and appreciate what you have and appreciate every opportunity. Hopefully there'll be lots of opportunities. That's the beauty about the game of golf. I'm comparing it to NFL, which, you know, the, the average career span on that is a lot shorter than golf. But uh, it's more just that work hard and, and, and have a great attitude about what I'm doing. Do you pay much attention? You come somewhere like this, start, start of the new season, loads of fresh faces. Uh, some of the guys I've spoken to this week, you know, they're fresh out of college almost. Yeah. Do you, do you look there's over a, your shoulder much? Or you no, there, there's, just a concentrate lot, there's a lot of new faces on both, both sides of the Atlantic, I think, at the minute. You know, I think when I... You know, it's the same in the PGA Tours as it is in the Europe. I mean, I don't recognise a lot of the, uh, of the younger kids, but uh, 
it's the way it's the way the sport is. You know, it's there's always a recycling mechanism. And, and then you know, there's there, there, there's two sides of the coin. You know, there's these young up and coming superstars, and there's more and more of them. And we were just talking about it last night at dinner. You know, it's like they're so much more polished. Like a 21 year old, 22 year old player turning pro, so much more polished than I was when I was 21 and 22. Man, I was number one player in college golf in my last year before I turned pro. What is that? Is that the college system out in, the, in America yeah, that's yeah, doing yeah, that thing primarily? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, because I was in the college system. I, I, I think the amateur system's getting better and better. Right, okay. I think that um, these guys are getting more exposure to professional golf to get more opportunities before they turn pro. And, and, and I think there's just more knowledge and more, I think, the, the whole ethos of you have to be 30-plus and be experienced before you can win a major championship, which used to be the attitude 20 years ago. <laughs> That's not, not the way anymore. These guys are more than capable to come out on tour, start winning big events, and that's just the attitude. And that's that's that there's no there's no fear anymore. There's no there's no betting in period. It's just golf. Just go, and uh, you know these these guys are more and more ready than they've ever been. Take us back to U.S. Open. Can you believe it's been ten years since Bell? No, <laughs> hasn't been ten years yet, but close. It's close. Know, damn close. No, it's been a fast ten years. I mean, it's been it's been the, the, the greatest ten years of my life for sure. I mean, there's been you know there's been some ups and downs, sort of professionally. You know, had a strong four or five years into fifteen, and then and then got leaned for a few years there. And uh, but in the meantime, got married, and yeah. had kids. You know, got involved in restaurants and other business ventures. I guess I grew up. You know, I grew up as a person took my eye off the ball maybe in, in the game of golf for like a second and you know a hundred young hungrier players came past me you know yeah. and, and then there was just that resetting and that re-motivating you kind of have to do that I guess because I mean, I've got two young children as well it, I mean it changes massively I don't think people quite appreciate how much change goes on off the course and to expect people to just sure. grind and grind and grind and keep hitting balls it takes you almost do have to press the reset button do you think you do I mean, listen, the demands on your time change, you know, when you have children. Like, when you're home for a week off, I mean, you know, it's, when I was 25 to 30, my weeks off would be, you know, I'd go back to Lake Nona and I'd hang out with the boys and I'd play golf every day and I'd have a few beers and have the crack and there'd be plenty of time for golfing and practice. Now it's like, you know, kids are up in the morning and kids got to go here and there and pre-k yeah. and school and, yeah. you know and they're home for dinner and yeah. you know it's then they're ill and you're ill exactly <laughs> so it's just it just changes like in a flash you know yeah. and then yeah. before you realize it you're not playing as well as you yeah. did and then you're starting to yeah. try to work out what yeah. what just what just changed what happened you know and i think it's easier for people to kind of go ah oh, listen you know g mark got far too involved in his restaurants and his businesses and this and this and that and the other i don't know what the answer is but I'll tell you, well, having kids was probably the biggest impact in my life, you know, than anything else, yeah. you know. So, but I wouldn't change it for the world. No, no, I mean, you know, do the best things that ever happened to me. So, it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes in the sport, you know, and whys. You know, yeah. I think we're very why people. Why did that yeah. happen? Why did that yeah. ball not go straight? Why did it bounce in that water hazard? Yeah. You know, it's like, it just is, yeah. you know. Yeah. So... All you can do is just keep working hard, yeah. keep getting better, uh, keep preparing, and like I say, just try and have a great attitude out here, you yeah. know, because uh, it's easy to it's easy to have a bad attitude. Uh, just how good were you at, at the US Open that week? Is that as as well as you've ever played? You think? 
Well, I think, what, what I, think there was, I, I think there was a period of play there. I just I won the Walsh Open two weeks previous, and the weekend there is probably as good as the six holes I put together maybe in my whole career. I got shot seven or eight under on Saturday, yeah. and I think I was six or seven under for eleven holes on the Sunday. So yeah. you know, for a span of for a span of 12, thirty holes, say I was you know fourteen under par. You know, run a fairly tough golf course, you know. So then I took a lot of confidence to, to pebble with me, and I really controlled my ball well that week on yeah. a big stage. I remember I actually just read a quote on the BBC website from the from right after I won the Welsh Open, and the quote said, "I've got a big tournament in me." And you know, there you go. It was fairly prophetic at the time, you know, because I, you know, two few, weeks two weeks later I was few bigger hosting a U.S. <laughs> Open trophy, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. that was great, and I mean. You'd always like to go back in time, you know, and play your play a younger version of yourself because yeah. I, I feel like I'm better now than I yeah. was in 2010. Um, but was I? But yeah. you know, what did I? Well, why, why was I? Why was I so good then? You know, I think there was a lot of mental freedom, and you know, you just uh, you just played golf, and that was it. There yeah. wasn't too much else in your mind. No. How, how did you deal with it after after the US Open? Do you have some sort of low after such a big high? Does yeah, I think, so. I think 2010 was such a big high, you know, because, you know, I won the US Open and then we won a Ryder Cup and I was in the last match on in the singles and hold the pot and then I won another two times towards the end of the year and won Tigers event at the end of the season and came out and finished third in Kapalua at the start of 11. My first week was Frickson, which was, you know, uh, uh, funny. Um, got to number four in the world and it was like, whoa! You know, it was just a crazy run of golf, and eventually you gotta have to run into a brick wall, you know, because it's very, very hard to keep that level of play up. And uh, you know, I think I won, I won three times in 2013. So it wasn't like I went into like a massive. I didn't go into. I don't feel like I went into a massive slump. I felt like, looking back, I felt like I handled it okay for a guy that, uh, you know, not like a. Sergio Garcia or Rory McIlroy or Tucker Woods where these guys are you know from the age of 15 years old stardom is coming yeah. it's just a matter of when I was I was obviously just I was always good I was never really I never expected superstardom you know I never expected to be a number four player in the world in my life you know and when it came it was kind of like well okay just looking ahead you were vice captain weren't you in the yeah Ryder I was vice Cup. captain in France yeah so do you still find yourself thinking about the Ryder Cup? And what, you know? Of course, of yeah. course. I feel like I feel like I'm playing well enough this year to make the team. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I took a lot of inspiration from Westy winning last week in Abu Dhabi. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I'm off the back of a fourth myself at the Sony there, you know, second event of the year. So, you know, I'm here for these two weeks to compete and try and win golf tournaments. You know, I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm teeing it up most weeks trying to win, um, and I feel like I feel like if I can get hot the first half of the year, that you know, I've got a great chance to make the team. Of course, I like the vice captain, but I'd love to play. You know, there's nothing like playing the Ryder Cup, and uh, you know, I played four, I'd love to play fifth. Um, what about the Olympics? Is that coming to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd love to play the Olympics. You know, Shane, Shane's obviously you know got a bit of a lead on me, and I'm trying to catch him. Rory's probably going to be impossible to catch at this point, but uh, you know, if I if I can get hot again, I can potentially yeah. catch Shane and, and make the Olympic team. But um, yeah, listen, I mean, it's Ryder Cup first competing in the major championship second and if I can make the Olympic team then you know that'll that'll come in that'll come in third of my goals for the year. 
Okay, so there you go. Going down with some really interesting thoughts, especially about wanting to actually be a player at this year's Ryder Cup and also maybe even trying to uh, get to the Olympics as well. Do we think that Graham McDowell can actually qualify as a player for this year's Ryder Cup? Initially, I would say no, but judging on that performance and where his headspace is at, you can't really doubt him, can you? He's a major champion, four-time Ryder Cupper, bit of a European golf legend. So uh, I'd say he's got a better chance than Lee Westwood just because he's won a major and he's probably a little bit mentally stronger. And, and it he's is, better it, on the green. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that the two... There's two different kind of comments that have come from the last from those two winners. Westwood won, and there's a lot of comments about him maybe making the Ryder Cup team. And he seemed a little bit down in it, didn't he? The motivation is certainly there for McDowell, isn't it? More so than Westwood. Yeah. Uh, Westwood seems to think, oh, it's just so much effort, and you know, it's really mentally tough. Well, I and think when the- you resign yourself to not playing anymore, then it is also, it's kind of quite difficult to to re-establish that as a goal again. Whereas I don't think McDowell's ever lost sight of that as a goal. He's obviously what six years younger. Mm. Um, been through a bit of a funk but now as you say when you part when you part as well as he does and when you have the mental strength that he does and he's obviously got great past experiences in the Ryder Cup as well so that will feed into potentially him getting a, a captain's pick you think <clears throat> defeating Hunter Mahan in the singles in 2010 uh, yeah there was a brilliant quote as well from him where he said he wants to show his kids that daddy can play he wants <laughs> to stop bringing up YouTube yeah and that's I think that is actually a big motivational thing I think Tiger's actually said that yeah. before as well where actually the guys that like his kids have seen him play in tournaments where he's actually been injured or not been in top form, and they've kind of seen him play golf but never you know win it. Suddenly he's like winning again. It's like oh you're you're actually quite good, aren't you? Dad said it's like yeah, <laughs> I won quite a lot. So actually that's actually could actually be in a big big motivation. I, I do it? you think it's a big ask though? What will benefit him hugely is getting back into that world's top fifty as well, so he can play in all the global events and accrue those world ranking and. Olympic and Ryder Cup that's it so he's back inside the world's top 50 which is such a big stepping stone he's going to be in the WGC and he's got to stay in that top 50 to make it to Augusta and if you get into Augusta then you can actually make loads more world ranking points because it's such a a small field as well if he doesn't qualify for the team does Harrington pick him in a similar way that Katrina Matthew picked Suzanne Peterson Harrington's only who's he picked as his vice captains just Robert Carlson at the moment yeah, am I, I make, or am I making that? I'm not making that up. No, Carlson's definitely one. I think G-Mac probably would have been one, but maybe he's rethinking that. He did do a tweet about that. Yeah, yeah. I, do th- I, do think G- I do think McDowell will be at the Ryder Cup in some form, whether it's as a player or as um, a vice-captain, only because yeah, That's of it- a bit of a cop-out uh, answer. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, no that's not a, I don't think it's a cop-out at all, is it? Yeah, if he's not going to play, of course he'll be a vice-captain. I I don't think it's guaranteed, does it? I don't think it's a guarantee. I think what probably will count against him getting a pick is the course. It's a very long golf course, and he's obviously not the longest player. The way that his mental strength and experience in the Ryder Cup enough to offset that. I mean, form will also need to be taken into consideration, but possibly, much like I said about Westwood, wouldn't pick him at this stage but obviously there's still a long, much more of the season to play out yeah. I think the, his best chance of obviously making it is actually getting an automatic place I don't think he's going to get picked but let's wait and see if he wins two more times if he wins the Open he's going to be in anyway isn't he so uh, we'll wait and see and we'll look closely and hopefully uh, Graham Dow will do well GMAC when he won the US Open at Pebble Beach he was actually a golf monthly columnist at the time, so he's always someone that we look at, you know, closely, and he's a he's a good lad. So um, yeah, we'll look at that. And obviously, this week there is also Pebble Beach coming up, isn't there? So we'll come up to, yeah, on to that later. I sent you the quote, didn't I, where he got a Jeddah flight at 5 a.m. straight to California. So yeah, not taking a week off. Doesn't want to let his partner down. And 
Yeah, it's, some hefty travel there. Well, I'm sure you'll get over it. So there was another big event which happened at the week, and that was the Phoenix Open. And it's actually, I watched uh, a fair amount on the Sunday as my child was asleep. And Webb Simpson finished with three birdies to beat poor Tony Finau on the first playoff hole. Um, that's Simpson's sixth PGA Tour title. The 2012 US Open champion has moved up to seventh in the world now, which is probably a little bit under the radar for being in the top mm. ten in the world, isn't he? Finau has now had seven run-up finishes since his Puerto Rico Open win in 2016. I was really cheering on Finau because I was obviously watching the Super Bowl as well. You know, it was all it was all getting later and later, and I was, I was going, "Come on, Tony, finish this off. Everyone wants to see you win." But uh, did he have any confidence that he was going to hold that seven footer? At, well, at the end, I don't know. It? What, yeah. Under pressure, it was. A, it's Red not an easy party. part. I mean, it's just the difference was Simpson was superb over the last few holes really gritty and I sent you the screenshot of his last 10 events he's had I think six top 10s including three runners up and a win or something like that so um, he's recaptured that 2011 2012 mm. form hasn't he I mean you forget he's a players champion a major champion inside the top 10 in the world rankings played numerous Ryder Cups I possibly don't think he gets the credit he deserves uh, well oh, de- definitely no chance he's, got, he's not got the most he hasn't got the prettiest of swings he's not that excited to watch he's just very gritty I would around. contend that he is quite exciting to watch because he doesn't hit it very far but he makes a lot of birdies and when he's one of those players that when he's hot he's actually really exciting to watch because he holds a lot of putts and hits it very close with his irons I, yeah. I like watching Webster no, he's, he, look, he's, a, he's a good player he's just you know he hits fairways and greens and then he and then he holds his putts I mean that's that's what golf is isn't it and he does it better than most at the moment you say he's going to make the Ryder Cup team isn't he Simpson yeah easily I thought that finish was Absolutely clutch. I've been watching golf for a very long time, and I'm not going to say it was one of the best, but it was it was so much better than just what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely creamed the three woods down the last hole. I think he hit it like three fifteen yeah. on a four thirty par four. So I thought, why is he taking three wood? He's a short hitter. Surely that's three wood seven iron. It was three wood wedge. Finau hit at three sixty six down there. Yeah. Didn't make a birdie. It was just unbelievable. The two putts he hold. They were, uh, the things he put them in the exactly where he wanted to put them as well, didn't he? Those iron shots, kind of like under the hole, a bit of right to left on it, and he just as soon as he the, the TV shots were really good because they were right behind them, weren't they? And he just as soon as he hit, he's like, oh, that's in both yeah. times. So um, he's one of those guys that when he's when he's hot, you don't expect him to miss at all on the greens. Yeah, um, his statistics this season are absolutely outrageous. Here we go. Hang on, here's some stats no, coming. Here we go. Get yourself ready. Absolutely outrageously good. So first in scoring average, second in strokes gained approach to green, and seventh in strokes gained putting. Yeah, pretty He's, unstoppable. He can uh, he can golf his ball. So, um, Adam Webb, unlucky Tony, and I hope Finau gets a win under his belt because th- he's starting to become a, quite a big monkey in his back now. So, uh, yeah, Webb Simpson won that. Without a doubt, but Finau didn't birdie the par five yeah. 15th. He didn't birdie the 16th, which is quite a short hole. He didn't birdie the drivable 17th either. Yeah, I mean, the six. I, t- yeah, I take your point. Minute. I think it's the par five is where, he, you know, he should have birdied the par five. That's where he should be doing it. It's really a bogey for him, isn't it? Par f- a five and a like, par five. Yeah, it was only like five six, 40, 16 five in front of those, that baying mob, you know, that's tough. And that 17th is short. That 17th. Although he didn't hit very good shots because he put it in the bunker, that seems actually quite a tricky hole. And actually don't see that many birdies on that hole because although they can drive it, they've got the water hazard and also the greens. It's not not that easy, is it? But the majority of players, I would say, would make birdie on either 14, 15, 16 or 17. 
well, Webb Simpson bogeyed the par five. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's it's look that that course the way that it was set up with the the greens they were saying were so uh, quick running and dry. You know that makes any course tough, isn't it? Because especially when your strength isn't on the greens. And he shot under par in the final round. You know he can't do loads. Do you know what that. the thing which really grabbed at me? I don't know if you saw. He's he had his fat Fino had his family by the side, and his son was so wanted yeah. him to. Where mm. he's like, ah, oh, he was like gritting his teeth when uh, Simpson when it went. Sorry, when Fino missed the part and stuff like that. And you know he's obviously like very well liked guy. Got you know really nice family out there supporting him, and um, I think people want him. I think he's a good he's a good person to have in the game of golf. And he's a little bit different. So. Definitely overachieving as well. Didn't go to college. Came up a very unique way, didn't he? Hitting balls into his mattress at home. Yeah, exactly. Won and the, through the mini tours. He won the big break. Comp- no, not the big break. There was a long driving competition that kick-started his career, I think. Really? In Vegas, yeah. Yeah, so he's, no, he's an interesting guy. And fingers crossed he'll do well in the future. So, moving on to the future. What does the future look like? Well, this week on the PJ Tour is the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Where, did anyone big win it last year? Uh, oh, yeah, Phil Mickelson won it last year. And we thought, well, here we go. Mickelson's going to have a fantastic 2019. And actually, that was about the last time he actually did anything. Well, you thought he was going to have a good 2019. Right. I told you that he was Actually, I said he was going to have a very good 2019 before he won that, if we actually remember correctly, uh, Elliot. You said before that that he was no longer an elite player. Ooh, and then selective the, memory. And then the, a week later, he won this. So let's get that right. Fairplay Mickelson was third last week as well. So he's yeah. coming into a bit of form, perhaps. Yeah. So Mickelson, obviously, now I think he's like 75th or something in the world. But defends the title, and he's obviously got a very good record around there. And it is a big field this week. We've got Dustin Johnson, Cantlay, last year's runner-up, Paul Casey. Dowell is there, obviously won this 2010 US Open. Uh, Jason Day, Brent Snedeker, and, oh, hang on, Victor Hovland, of course. That person who's never won on the PGA Tour, but we say that he plays in every event because oh, you love him. I said Victor Hovland. Please, won, please do tell me. Come on. Amateur at Pebble Beach. Yeah, we go. See, I was, I was leading you into that, wasn't I? So, um... <laughs> Work. Yeah, just, nice just, just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> I might tip. I might tip him now. I was. I was looking at him earlier, and I, when oh, I was starting to do the bed. I know exactly. So maybe, maybe we might do it. What are results? Uh, he's about forties, I think, around that. But who else is playing? Twenty seventeen champion Jordan Spieth. Uh, he missed the cut last week and is now out of the world's top 50 in the world rankings, which is amazing when you think about it. The tournament is, of course, played over three courses around the Pebble Beach area, Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill and Monterey Peninsula Country Club. The purse is just a tiny $7.8 million. So who do you think is going to do well? Elliot, start with you. You, say, you can say Victor Hovland and then go from there if you want. Yeah, I'll go for Victor Hovland and <laughs> Graham McDowell. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, you know, anything, you just think they're going to, G-Mac's going to carry on his form? Yeah, what I would say as well about this tournament is last year was absolutely dreadful. Do you remember it was like five and a half hours to watch the final round? Yep, That's I mean it's Monday, it's the it's obviously the yeah, pro- the yeah. yeah they did it's the pro-am they didn't have very good weather it's the pro-am which I know you don't like at I all I don't enjoy pro-ams at all no <laughs> so yeah I mean there's will be a lot of video of uh, slow rounds bit, of Bill Murray of, interviews with yeah, Bill Murray yeah there'll be a lot yeah. of Bill Murray and some other randomers Justin Timberlake maybe or maybe not who knows very cheesy individual he can be a bit of a struggle to watch especially with the time difference and then the really long um yeah, the long rounds, but oh, you know, I don't mind it actually. And also, it's over Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach is spectacular. Yeah, so. I think Pebble Beach should have its own tournament where there's four rounds and it's just professionals. Okay, mm, I don't disagree with that. Then maybe that could be on the new uh, World Tour schedule. We'll come on to that later. Definitely. 
Who are you going for, Nigel? Nick, yeah, Nick, who are you, who are you going for? Just in case, I don't know if you've covered this over the past two weeks, but Nick is sometimes called Nigel, sometimes called Nick, because Nigel is his nickname, but Nick's his natural name. So just, you know, if you're wondering if there's another extra person in here. Yeah, when I first joined Golf Monthly, we were calling him Nigel in the office, and I got a message. He told me he'd emailed me, but it said Nick on it, and I was like, what on earth's going on here? <laughs> well, a lot of my good friends of mine don't actually know that I'm, I'm called Nick. Yeah. yeah, because I got the nickname when I was 19 in my second year of university, and anyone who's met me since then, everyone calls me Nigel, so no one actually knows that I'm called Nick, who's met me after that Do your point. parents know that people call you Nigel? The, my parents are the only people who call me Nick. Well, okay, I might stop calling you Nick then, on this anyway. But who's my pick? Uh, yes, yes, please do tell. Jason Day had a decent finish last week, and his record at Pebble Beach is outstanding. He's done everything but win there. And Brandon Grace as well is someone else I'm looking at. He's in decent form, having won a few weeks back. Um, confidence is high, and he's a very good wind player as well. You've so also you've also uh, nicked who I was going to say, but come, please do, please I'm do. Just going to finally say he's a great wind player, so obviously the conditions can be testing on a peninsula like yep. that. So he's someone who can fly his ball low, high, left, right. So he's he's someone to watch out for in these conditions. Exactly, and that's his, that's exactly why I'm picking JB Holmes. Mm. So JB Holmes very good in the wind, good at slow play as well. Very slow good play. slow play. <laughs> so perfect pace of uh, play for him. Uh, had a pretty decent. Week last week, although I think he had a bad Sunday, if not bad he weekend. He was leading at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, so uh, he's one of those guys, if he's in a bit of form, then get on him. He's quite streaky, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I think I think we've given a few, fair few there. I mean, if you want to find out who I'm going to pick as my betting tips, and we're doing all right this year at the moment. We've had a few each ways, even the guys who covered it when I was off. And we've, of course, already had a winner. Do uh, Google Pebble Beach. Pro-Am Golf Betting Tips and you'll find our article and click on it and um, enjoy. Also this week is the Vic Open which is on the European Tour. Not a great field. It's got great history though. Um, it's been going since 1957 with winners including Gary Player, Pete Thompson and Greg Norman. The event features both men and women playing for equal prize money. It takes place at 13th Beach Golf Links in Geelong, southwestern Melbourne. Have you been there, Elliot? Southwestern Melbourne? No, I was wondering how you're going to pronounce that. I didn't know if it was Geelong or Geelong. It's Geelong. Obviously, you've been there, I think. I haven't been to exactly there, but I have been to Melbourne several times. Have you been to Australia? I've been to Melbourne, yeah. It's a nice yeah, city. Like, yeah, we really, really like Melbourne. It's yeah. excellent. It's very sporty place. Really good. Last year's winners were David Law and Celine Boutier. Dubai Desert Classic winner Lucas Herbert is in the field as are uh, Houtong Lee, Ryan Fox and Jeff Ogilvy. Is that who we're going for as some of the big names? Jeff Ogilvy, who hasn't won a t- tournament in about 15 years. But Jeff Ogilvy speaks very well on the game and he's, he's a big name. Okay, down, down yeah, under, people know, he? yeah, exactly. There's also a strong LPGA tour field including Inby Park, Jijong Lee Six who is someone I always pick, usually, in better tips. US Women's Open winner last yeah, year. I mean, she had a fantastic year last year, didn't they? Uh, um, Mel Reed and Anne Van Dam, who's got one of the best swings in golf. Who's going to do well this week? I'm going to go for Ryan Fox, because he normally wins this time of year, doesn't he? There's no World <laughs> Super 6. I know, World Super 6, which I have never failed to not pick the winner. And they've dropped it from the schedule. Uh, he won last year, didn't he? That's not the hardest tournament. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I know that's odd. Uh, well, obviously not. It's pretty easy. He's yeah. He's someone who who's going to do quite well. I'd like to see Mel Reed win again. It's been a while. Been on the LPJ tour. This is her second season now, based out in the states. Yeah, she's got a great golf swing. I don't get why she doesn't quite perform at the highest level, but uh, maybe there's still 
great golf to oh, come She's still quite home. young, isn't she, um, as well. I, I reckon, I'd like to see how Tong Lee get back in the winner's circle, and this is a great opportunity for him, given that it's essentially a glorified Australasian PGA Tour event. It's yeah. very weak. He showed some signs last week, you know, rallied well to make the cut and had a decent finish. I mean, he's, he's probably got the player. he's probably got the best world ranking in the event. Would you I would, say? I would say so. um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick yet because I haven't done it yet. But um, it's going to be there's going to be some Australians. So yeah, if you want to find out the betting tips for that, Scott Hend most likely knowing you. Is he playing? I think he's got the week off. Oh, Scott Hen's taking a week off. Like he never th- does that. <laughs> he has three shame. weeks off a year, and this is probably one of them. That's a shame. Um, he he might not be though. Oh, we'll have a look. Well, check out Twitter Google Instagram. Golf Pens Tips and click on our links and you'll find out who I picked. So moving forward, the World Tour, Premier Golf League. Discuss, that's what it says in this bit of paper in front of me. So what is the World Tour Premier Golf League? What's this all about? Well, owned by the World Golf Group, launching 2022 or 2023, 18 tournaments, 48 players, 12 teams of four, Formula One style, even though Formula One actually have two drivers, not four. $10 million purses, 54 whole tournaments with no cut, 10 events in USA, 8 outside USA including Singapore Open, Australian Open Dubai Desert Classic and Alfred Dunhill Championship in South Africa this is all breaking news, we don't know the exact details for lots of this stuff, we don't know who's going to be exactly playing in it what do we think about this guy? We don't even know if it's going to happen I've been been calling for a world tour, especially a Formula 1 style thing for a while, but I've had some time to think about it and I would be quite sad if th- this happens, I think. Golf has got a great foundation with the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Perhaps this could get them to merge together and create their own world tour because the European Tour has great events, the PGA Tour has great events. Uh, I'd be very sad if that went and this this kind of money machine took over. Part of the joy of golf for me is seeing someone who's 200th to a thousandth in the world surge through the field and win an event and that's obviously less likely to happen in fields of 48 players so I'm not sure I'm completely on board although I would echo Mickelson's sentiments say I'm fairly intrigued to see how this plays out um, but I'm probably not on board and, and not in agreement with this but let, let's see how things play out I mean is it, it could be a really exciting thing with golf couldn't it I mean I know that you, at the moment European Tour We've just we've just mentioned two events. One's the PJ Tour, which has got a really strong field, and one's the European Tour, which has got really weak field. Um, you know, we said it's a decent event, the Vic Open, but it's not huge. It's not going to get many eyeballs on it. And you know, golf needs to you know keep up with the rest of the sports. It needs as many eyeballs on it as possible. So I think that trying to do something slightly different and having it backed properly could be a good thing for golf because there's a chance of actually getting more publicity will it be at the detriment of the european tour and the pj tour who knows the pj tour will be fine has so much money in it you know run you know america is such a huge place every time it goes to a state it gets huge crowds um what i worry about is the european tour you know they they went to saudi arabia last week i watched some of it and i saw about 20 holes with no no, not one person watching. You know, there was hardly anybody there at all. So it's going to be interesting how it, it works together. And the only way I think it is going to work together is if there's dialogue between the tours and this um, to work it out. Because other than that, it's, I don't think it will, it will work. Ultimately, it's going to be about the money, isn't it? Because there's a great thing in place at the moment. There's a great global circuit in place for the top players. If they are attracted to this, see fields of 48 players, if you get 
25 Americans, 15 top Europeans, it is going to hamper both the European and the PJ. Yeah, but if you're if I'm a if I'm a journeyman pro or someone starting the game, if actually it means that some of the better players are going to play in this and actually some of the other person is going to stay the same, then actually I might have a better chance of winning that money and actually I might have more opportunities. We have said it is so top heavy the game even on even at the pro level where the the best of the best win everything and if you you know if you're mid table then actually you're struggling to even make ends meet um it it could be interesting couldn't it it depends on the intensity of the new circuit though whether everyone's really passionate and really truly dedicated to winning and being successful in that sphere whether they're just there for the money if there is that intensity it could be a good thing if it's just a load of rich people getting richer then i think it's going to lack that intensity and it's not only going to hamper that product, it's also going to hamper the European and PGA Tours too. But we don't know enough at this point to see how it's going to play out, and it's certainly intriguing. But it's going to be tough to marry that together with the European and PGA Tours yeah, too. I mean, the layout could be the global. Uh, the Eighteen events, yeah. Eighteen time. events is a lot. It doesn't really, you know, put the four majors on there. That's twenty-two tournaments. If you look at like how many tournaments the top players in the world play, it's about twenty-two to. 25 yeah. I'd say so um, put in the Ryder Cup put in you know what happens with the what, what I'm, series getting yeah. top Europeans to play in Europe is difficult enough already but yeah, they're not going to play any th- events on the European yeah, tour this comes to I be. think it needs a, I, 18 tournaments seems an awful lot to me mm. to start off with but if you're McElroy you've just won over 23 million dollars on tour last year why are you going to leave the PGA Tour when you've publicly now said that you're a traditionalist you love it how it is they're going to have to offer him Hundreds of millions, aren't they? Well, maybe they got it. They've, well, the report is they've had a five hundred million dollar startup fund doubled by Saudi Arabia public investment fund. You know, there's a suddenly an awful lot of money we're talking about here. Ten million purses for fields of forty-eight players. That's a huge amount of money to play for. Yeah, and it's and that's without you know there'll be money for how they where they finish in this league table and stuff like that, isn't there? So, do you not want to take a stand and say no? I want to protect the future of our game. I'm Roy McIlroy. I'm going to be the biggest star in five years when Tiger Woods retires. Yeah, but also you don't want to, I want to create this you don't want to miss out on what could be the, big, the next big thing. This could be things which you know inspire people to you know to take up golf. There's a chance, maybe I doubt it. Probably will be on Sky TV, but not terrestrial TV. There's a chance to maybe get this this new event actually being shown in front of some actual eyeballs, and unlike some of the actual events out there, which are are watched by very few people. So. We don't, we don't know. There's a lot of questions I about it. I can't see all the tours and this new Premier Golf League collaborating. I, I, I can't see how it's all going to mesh together successfully. I mean, I, 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 I would love it. Or, yeah, I mean, to see these... these these going to cause division. These teams, yeah, these teams, it could be... There's so many different ways they could do it. We don't know what it's going to look like. Is it just going to be the best players in the world? Is it going to be some of the best senior players in the world? Could they get invited in it? Are they going to be some of the, the best? They're paying that much. <laughs> uh, well, no, they, they get involved. But if I know, but if you got McCarran, we'd like no, no. Well, like no, I'm saying if you if one person from your if one of your team members was a you know an all time great, you know someone who you know who's who's just a little bit older than everyone. If, I'm talking if you like if you've got Greg Norman on there and and Nick Faldo and all these guys suddenly get involved with it as well. Isn't that something that could also increase the profile of it? You wonder if those guys will even want to try and own the teams. I don't know. For me, I think you can have too much of a good thing. And part of the joy of golf is seeing players players who don't know too much about being on the same leaderboard as McElroy's and Johnson's and Kepka's. If you just have the elite players playing in 18 tournaments, which is a lot of tournaments, I think there's going to be saturation. I think we'll 
some of the appeal of watching golf will be lost because it's similar to, I always complain about tennis at the moment being really boring because every single game seems to be, every single semi-final and final seems to include Federer, Nadal and Djokovic. And I'm kind of worried about something similar happening in golf where for the 18th time this year, it's McIlroy going head-to-head with Johnson, going head-to-head with Kepka. And yeah. I'd like to see some of these lesser players feature on leaderboards and challenge the best. And I don't think that should be taken out of the game. I'd yeah. really like to see the European Tour and PGA Tour merge and work together as one as like a big boxing fan, the sport is completely segregated by TV networks and different mm-hmm. uh, promoters. So you've got Sky Sports and BT in the UK. In the US, you've got DAZN and ESPN. Yeah. That's why Deontay Wilder hasn't fought Anthony Joshua, because of different segregations. And we need to make golf one. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the money's there at the moment. I mean, the guys are, you know, the comments from the tour, Mickelson says he's intrigued, McElroy says he's a tra- traditionalist, Ernie L says he loves it, GMAC says how could he be possibly better than what they've already got. Uh, and then obviously we've already had the people who actually uh, run the PGA and European tours have already sent emails saying, emails to the players saying you can't be a member of both our tour and this new Premier Golf League. So at the moment, it sounds to me like there's an awful lot of hurdles to be to be cleared before we get anywhere near this starting. The one thing which will usually gets rid of hurdles and barriers is money, and it does sound like there is an awful lot of money in there as well. So we will watch closely with interest uh, h- how this goes. PJ and European tours aren't going to take this line down, are they? No. There's going to be some serious resistance to this. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um but we'd love to know what you guys think about it. So do, you know, let us know. Drop us an email at golfmonthly at ti-media.com or on our social media at Golf Monthly on Instagram and Twitter and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Nick is waving at me he, for once he wants to make another point. Go on, Nick. Just a thought that there could potentially be a rule in place because the majors are sanctioned by the major tours that if you're a member of this world tour, then you can't compete in the majors. So if they put that stipulation I don't think place, we want that though, do we? We don't want that. I mean, the last thing we wanted to be a way that would be a way of discouraging. If we look, if we look back to the seventies, yeah, and I'm obviously going to bring this conversation back to cricket because that's what I do with everything. That there was a huge thing in the cricket with the World Series where there was rebel tours where people went and played in Australia. They didn't play then for their their home countries, and that was all back from money. Now the last thing we want suddenly had had games of cricket where you were playing for England when you actually weren't the best player for England playing against Australia and you weren't the best they weren't the best players either the last thing we want is majors taking place without Rory McIlroy without Tiger Woods without Phil Mickelson I playing. agree but my point is purely that the PGA and European Tour could say oh we sanction these majors if you want to join this world tour go for it play for all this money but you won't be able to play in the majors then that would stop the best players from you, playing on this world you tour do, you would think you wonder you look at football you look at some of the great players who Instead of going to play in the top leagues, they've gone and played in China and getting paid a million pound a week. Remember Oscar played for Chelsea. He's yeah. a really good player, Oscar, wasn't he? Where is loads of players. Exactly. So there's lot there's lots of great players, you know, in football who have actually been lost playing in a you know Mickey Mouse league, but they're getting paid a huge amount of money. So I think golf has got to be very very careful about this, and I think there is a way around it, but. The only way it's going to happen is if there's communication, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. At the Either moment. way, I would say this is going to be good for the fans because it's going to give the PJ Tour and European Tour a kick up the arse to make their product better, make their players happier, or they'll all the good players will go to this Premier Golf League, 
and we'll see some good golf. I guess. Well, yeah, well, exactly. We'll wait and see, and we'll be obviously commenting about this in future podcasts. Guys, I'm going to wrap you up here. Thanks ever so much for a really good discussion this week. We'll be back next week to preview the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club, where new world number one Roy McIlroy will be playing alongside Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods is desperate to win at Riviera, so I'm really looking forward to that. We'll also cover who has won at Pebble Beach if they finish playing. Hopefully they won't be going on for Monday and Tuesday. And other than that, please do, again, follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast on your provider, leave us a review as long as it's a good one. And and, uh, we will see you again and talk to you again next week. See you later.